podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's Liverpool Football Club, and we never travel an easy road towards silver linings. It's the Day Trippers. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 la. Right, so a game which looked like would end in defeat due to our tragic inability to defend or set up defensively concludes with nine minutes of injury time. We had a Barini missed chance, a Barini sending off, a skirtle bullet-headed goal, and we finished with a full-stretch Jones stop. It's batshit Christmas. John McLean, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucking crazy. 10,000 attempts on goal, 400% possession, 10 men. A captain becoming eminently more like Saul's wife as they escape Kamara. And Lazar Markovic, who's quickly losing his dodgy tag with which Casey christened him. On tonight's Christmas pod, we've bundled nearly everyone we could into a secret city centre location that even Google couldn't find. I'm Trev Denny. Uh, I've had a reasonably dodgy experience recently, but tonight I'm surrounded by some lovely smiley heads. Andy Young, Paul Brennan, Dave Thomas, Ray Brady, Phil Casey. We're all here to talk to you for Christmas. Right, chaps, let's review the Arsenal match. Um, the first debate we're going to have is about the attack. Uh, Let's talk about movement. Lots of movement. Um, it was nice to see, wasn't it, Andy Young? Yeah, lovely. Um, finally, you're kind of looking at the team and thinking, okay, we're somewhere near back to last year and attacking threat all the time and you kind of feel like they might actually score some goals. So it's just it's just brilliant to, ha- to, ha- to see that back and now you can kind of give a sense of belief that there might be a run. And you were there live uh, as yeah. it happened live. Yeah. So talk to me a little. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, about 
how the crowd responded to that because I don't know about it seemed quite, quiet enough watching on TV yeah well like I mean it's, it's no secret the atmosphere in Anfield has gone pretty poor over the years over probably the last 10 years and I think this season especially it, it is you know the, the, fa- the fans you know need the team to give them something like you know what I mean you're not going to get excited over absolutely nothing we're human beings at the end of the day so it was it was quiet but I mean but, but did you not get that feeling when you were watching the game like the rest of us did on TV that at least well, there's an there's an upswing here in the form. In the what? How do you mean? Well, like, in, like in the interplay, in the in the in the speed of movement, in the in the you know the, the yeah. No, I thought you meant specifically to the atmosphere. Like no, no. Well, yeah. like, uh, one thing would lead to another. I would yeah. have thought. Yeah, I mean, the, the team are starting to give the fans something they're going to get excited about again. There's a few tackles going in. There's a few nice bits of passing, passing away or trouble. Like a bit of calmness at the back. Mm. And like once you kind of feel applause starts, then you know you see the fan, the fans are starting to get a little bit excited again. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like a draw, but it's kind of feel good factor back here, like you know. Yeah, um, Paul, on on that idea of movement, I suppose someone who contributed quite a bit to that was uh, Mr. Markovic, and he's had his critics, shall we say? Uh, how did you feel he did on the day? Yeah, he started off obviously fairly, really quietly for us. But I think in the last few games, he's been one of our best players. I'd say. I think he's made like a, every, nearly nearly everything about him. His movement, his his passing, even is brilliant. And I think he's like a, he's a big part of our build-up play at the moment. Hmm. And he like I think he is. He's taking advantage of the movement in front of him because some of, even some of his first time passing, which I never would have associated with him. Like you know, in his first few games, has been mm. brilliant. Like passing into the feet of the likes of Lalana, Coutinho, and Sterling in front of him. So I, I think it's a huge bonus for us that he is. He is. He looks like someone that we can rely on, even in a in an, in a, sorry, in an alien position to him. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you Would you care to tell tell the, the listeners what Phil just said to you there? He's just doing, you know, the you know the Canadians in South Park where their head goes yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. That's what he was doing at me. Oh my God, Terence! That was quite Terence. I tried a hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's 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 move it on from Paul there. And would would you would you give me another uh, take on Markovic, Dave? Uh, how did you feel he did? Let's let's talk about you know overall contribution in terms of uh, is he evolving the way we'd like to see now at last. Oh, I mean, I, I think there's loads of reasons to be enthusiastic about Markovic. I think that he's, first of all, he looks like he's a confidence player. So it's obvious that scoring the goal in midweek has helped him. And he's, obviously, if you play him more regularly with the same players, he's going to get used to playing with them. I thought he had a nice little understanding with Lalana and with Sterling. I thought some of the interplay there was very strong. Also thought he played well with Saka on the left-hand side. And I think that, you know, the first thing you look at when he's playing as a wing-back is does he get beat down the left-hand side? And he doesn't. You know, we, we don't get any real um, attacking threat from Arsenal down that side. And then the second thing you look at is, does he contribute to the attacking play? And the reality is, on a different day, he probably could have scored two goals. You know, yeah. the first goal he goes in, uh, into the box, good close control, Schnezny, uh, Schnezny, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Chesney makes a... Uh, Makes a very good, uh, a very good save with his feet. Yeah, uh, something that a few of our goalkeepers could definitely uh, uh, stand to learn from. And then he had a couple of options from uh, from the edge of the box. So I was really pleased with him. Thought he was really bright. I thought it was a terrible decision to take him off, which we'll come to. I thought it was a really poor mm. substitution. I just didn't understand it at all. Um, and you know, he looks at like the type of player now that if he starts to get more games, that he'll get more confidence, score more goals, and hopefully we'll start to see in the second half of the season what we all hoped we'd signed for twenty million. Ray, if you're gonna um play the guy is that 
idea of a wing back position a good place to deploy him? Well, I'm not too sure. On the form, you can judge the formation on the fact that we've we've been playing better with that formation. I'm not too sure whether, in in general, I'd say I'm a fan of it. But it's it's so far it seems to be good. We're making forward steps with that formation, so you'd have to say yes. I'd echo exactly what Davis said that he definitely seems to be a confidence player, and um, he's 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 just lifting himself. It's just you can you can just see it just from getting a few minutes on the pitch that he's willing to do things that we are we were all told he 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 could do. You know, so as I said earlier, it's it's a big slice of uh, humble pie because I've been slagging the fella off now, and he's he's making me swallow a shitload of it at the minute. So he's he's looking good. He's yeah, looking good. yeah. There, there's another guy who's swallowed quite a lot of pie lately. Uh, is Phil? How how are you how are you feeling about Markovic, Phil? I, I, as I've said from day one, though, Lazar Markovic is arguably our best footballer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shanter. <laughs> Quite clearly, we, we saw his potential and signed him based on what we've just seen over the last couple of games. Mm. And you know, I'd be backing him from the start mm. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And I, I, what I think is most amazing about it is, is his versatility. That he's, now, he's now a left wing back, and he, he's shown how good he is in the left wing back position as well. So he's not a, a charlatan. Or a fraud. Or, or a shat. <laughs> or the worst player you've ever seen. I never said he was the worst player I've ever seen. I said he reminded me a lot of Downing, who was the worst, the worst player, player I've ever seen. seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 you said he's worse than Downing. I said at times, but what I, what I did say was that what I wanted to see from him was that spark, that something, that that little bit of magic that you know that you would make you think to yourself, yeah, this guy has something about him. And thankfully, we've seen over the last couple of games, and I even I said it last week, I'm starting to see it now, which is brilliant for him. And I, I think Stephen made the point last week, he, he looks like a fella now who's just decided, fuck it, like, what, 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 you know, I can't do any worse than I've done in, in, in whatever performances that, that have gone before me. And it's time now that I'm going to stand up and show that I'm going to be counted. And, and, and it's great to see. The one thing that it, it re, I really liked about Markovic um, against Arsenal was, he was everywhere. He wasn't just left wing back, and he had confidence in the fact that Sacco was behind him. This is this is also something that you know. I know we're touching it when we talk about the defence, but he's got confidence that Sacco is going to cover the areas that he needs to cover when he when he bumps forward and he's mm. not going to be exposed. Um, and he did, and that, and that was brilliant to see because you know we've been crying out for intelligent centre backs which we haven't had all season. So thankfully, you know, he's starting to come on. It's not his best position. So all we can say is that, you know, he was he could be at times a bit wasteful in possession, you know, but that's what you want. He's a creative player. You want creative players to try things and he was trying things. And all we all any fan wants is to see a guy with confidence trying stuff. It's like Coutinho. I've seen people moan about Coutinho, you know, playing p- passes that weren't coming off and the whole lot. But he had the right idea. He, he, you, can, you can see what he's trying to execute on the pitch. And if you can see what a player's trying to execute on the pitch, you can, you can accept a lot of things that don't happen because that's what Suarez did for most of his time at Liverpool. The thing was that eventually more things come off than don't come off. And that's where we are at this moment in time. We, ha- we suddenly have an attacking threat that we didn't have. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Henderson played that role com- completely. <laughs> and he, and he, your mic pose is qualified. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a and full on Christmas stunning. Song <laughs> <laughs> out, Ali. <laughs> but uh, well, stand up. <laughs> no, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's um, it's uh, he played the role yesterday a, a lot better than Henderson played that role. Like. 
as you were saying about Suarez used to try things, Suarez would lose the ball a lot. Markovic lost the ball a lot, but the idea was perfect. He played the role perfectly and he just kept probing and probing and eventually things are going to come off for him. And once he gets confidence, players are going to start being afraid of him as well and will have to stand off him or... You know, and he, uh, Phil introduced uh, uh, Coutinho there and uh, let's talk about Adam Lallana as well. Let's look at the two guys as a, as a kind of a duo in terms of... Uh, people who are charged with being creative and uh, sort of incisive for us. How do you feel that those two guys worked? Yeah, I thought, um, I thought Coutinho was absolutely smashing in the first half. I'd, I'd give him a man of the match based on that first half alone. He kind of, yeah, he kind of was pushing it a bit in the second half and came, wasn't in the game as much. But I thought Lallana was quite good in the second half. So it was good that they complimented each other that one played quite yeah. well and the other came up in the second half. Uh, really, really impressed with how Lallan is coming along and and his and his close control. Like it's just unbelievable. He's able to move the ball. It's remarkable in a way that yeah. surely, like the defender, they can't really guess because you you, you know he's yeah. He can, he can kind of do that little crave turn with either foot and he always seems to do it. As a matter of principle, <laughs> like he yeah. doesn't seem to ever receive the ball without doing it. It gives him a kind of minute, like yeah, that's his kind yeah. of way. Keep, like you know, Sterling might try a little couple of step overs, a couple of rolls. That's his little way, mm. and he gets his head up and he plays with his head up, just like Coutinho. Like, mm. I was really, really impressed with Coutinho yesterday, like uh, in the first half, especially that how how every single time he got the ball, he was just so positive, and and his like he just it was just pure Coutinho, like yesterday and his goal the way he took his goals class yeah yeah Paul uh, your your own take on, on Phil Coutinho in terms of a contribution and going forward does he look like he's playing his way into a season because a lot of people are saying he'd been a bit of a shadow of himself up to now I think so yeah I don't think you can argue with the improvement that the front three have given us in the last few games because it's been completely different to you know the kind of stodgy crap we've watched all season mm. the only thing is like obviously this will come with games I just thought sometimes the likes of Coutinho and Sterling tried to force it just a bit earlier than they needed to. Because I thought for the whole match, basically, we had Arsenal's defensive midfield areas and their defence, we had them on the edge, basically, every time we went forward. And I just thought a lot of the time we kind of tried to force it. But there's, there's no doubt that, like, with, with, as they gel, the three of them can do serious damage to teams. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Dave, Paul's touched on something there and it kind of leads us into the next area I wanted to look at. And he's talking about how we had basically Arsenal where we wanted him um, quite a bit of the match. That's a poor Arsenal side, isn't it? I mean, there is there is bad a side in many ways as as you can remember. Um, is it, how much of that was us being good, and how much of that was them being quite inept in certain areas of the pitch? Well, I mean, the thing you can say about Arsenal is they always play the same way, yeah. right? So. You can talk about them being a poor version of Arsenal, but they still qualified for the last 16 in the Champions League. They're probably still going to finish fourth. They still have a team full of internationals, full of quality players. Um, so, didn't perform. But how much, of, how much of them playing yesterday, the way they played, was down to the way we played? You know, and I think sometimes it's a temptation when we put in a good performance to, and we did it against uh, United. You know, we were talking about how well we attacked against United, and someone said, well, that's a, it's a very poor United defence. So, look. There's two sides to every game. There's always how the opposition plays and how you play. So you can only talk about how do we play and what impact did that have on them. So I thought Arsenal weren't great, but they're in good form. I mean, they're just coming off the back of two four-one victories. You know, they've they've played well in the last few games, and we talked about it in the last part about how they're just going into that you know winter bit of form that they usually go into where they kick on and kind of get five or six victories on the trot. You know, Arsenal are 35, 35 or thirty-seven percent possession. You know, mm. when it's the it's the lowest recorded possession Arsenal have had since 
they began recording possession, you know, in the Premier League. You yeah. know, we had 27 attempts on goal against Arsenal. So you can talk about Arsenal being a poor side, and look, it's a poor league. You know, that's the reality of it. I mean, you know, Chelsea and City aside, everyone else is atrocious or varying degrees of atrocious. And Arsenal are a degree of atrocious, same as we are. But if you take the goals out of it, if you take the goals that we conceded out of it, we made that Arsenal team, who are in the last 16 of the Champions League, look very, very ordinary. We made them look very ordinary. And the reality is, I think if Daniel Sturridge plays yesterday, we win that game quite comfortably. Yeah. Uh, is that what was missing right yesterday? The, 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 the person who just is a bit more ruthless uh, to finish off the, the, the movement that looks quite good, in fairness? Yeah, that's, it that's, that that's yeah, it is that simple. Yeah. We could, we absolutely dominated them. They could they couldn't get near us. At one stage, I know Dave's had to quote in some stats, but it was eighty seven, eighty seven percent possession we had at one stage. They, they couldn't get near us. It was us. It was all us. I, I I think that's the same Arsenal team. They, even the commentators made mention to it that Wenger doesn't change his system even during games when things aren't going wrong, and. They just couldn't get near us. We just had all the ball, but it just the, the cutting edge. Just I mean, you know, it, it it ended up that Raheem, because he was pushed so forward, ended up giving away a star and roll to Coutinho and Alana. Um, and it just and that's a new role for this guy. So I'm willing to say that can that can work. That can yeah. work. You know, it's yeah. it's just a matter of time, maybe. But it, Jesus, you couldn't help but be optimistic looking at that. You know, Phil, would you would you echo Ray's optimism there about about that role for Sterling going forward? Um, and how did, how did you feel he coped with it yesterday? He was comparatively quiet compared to some of our players. Yeah, I think when you think of Sterling and you think back to the Bournemouth game and you think of the you know the, the impact he had on the game, the goals he scored and the whole lot, that wasn't there yesterday. But at the same time, it's a bit like Demarkovic, it's a bit like Lalana, it's a bit like Coutinho. They're constantly pro- probing all the time, looking for chinks in the defence. And the fact that they're so mobile, teams just can't defend against them. You know, and you see it yesterday, we created 27 chances. As Dave said, we, we created 27 chances. And again, we didn't score enough. And that's the difference between, as you said to Ray, you know, a storage goal scorer there. Because, you know, you score more than two chances if you create 27 when he's in the team. Similar when we had Suarez, we scored more. Um but what he what what Sterling is bringing, he's bringing that just that that vibrancy again in the attack that we have that we that we basically haven't had for fifteen games of this season. You know, with the exception of the of the Spurs match, so it's fourteen games, and maybe doesn't maybe there's another one as well. <laughs> but you know, yeah. you know, again, you you just look at it and you say, you're right. There's a kid. We go back to the idea. Markovic is a kid. Coutinho's a kid. Sterling's a kid. They're all young players. Even like Lalana isn't experienced at the Premiership level. You know, this is only really his second season in in the Premiership, and they're the ones that are providing the impetus. They're the ones who are providing the the, the cut and verve and the attack that we that we've we've called out for, for for months. And to give Andy credit, he's been calling for that front line of uh, that front three from the from the start of October. Like they and know, Andy, Andy knows is, players. Yeah and, and well Andy <laughs> and, formations. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy Andy is the one who who will also turn around and say, Well what do I know? Sure I'm not a manager of a football team. No, like if 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 the normal fan on the street can see that movement and mobility in your attack is what made you so good last year, what's very frustrating is the fact that it's taken us so long to try that. And the fact that we've tried it and all of a sudden we're back to a position where our attack looks threatening. You know, that's that's a frustration that, that's been eaten in the fan base for a long, long time. And you know, hopefully, hopefully we continue on and maybe he's learned his lessons that look, putting static fellows up front 
and I know we'll get onto it in a while, but um, you know, putting static fellas up front or statues up front, it, it makes it, it doesn't make for good football unless you're going to ping them high like Sam Allardyce will. Yeah, well, Andy, I'm going to come on to you. I know you want to react to what Phil's saying. Yeah. When you're done with that, will you talk to me just to finish out our chat about the attack? Talk to me about the impact or lack of it that uh, uh, Ricky had when he came on. All right, but anyway, just just for the formation and that for a minute, like I I call now for a forty-three. I think like that's where we eventually end up. This is just a kind of a, a stopgap. Like this is like what Rogers has stumbled on, as he has so many times. He stumbled across this, and and it's working for now. I think as as a as it goes and as players come back and different things, like when storage is back, especially we might find a more of a four-three-three. But um, just like Rogers was trying to plot through the season. He was very, like, it looked like going into the Champions League. He wasn't sure of himself, wasn't confident, and he is only learning. He's only young and all that. So you have to kind of give him a little bit of leeway there. But it's just a bit late now. He's finally got the balls out, you know, and, and said, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's just, if he, if he had done that throughout the Champions League campaign, we would 100% be qualified. Absolutely, 100%. But instead, he tried to plod along and try and play things safe. That's not the type of manager he was. And that's not the type of manager he came in and promised all these things was. And that isn't what made us so good last yeah. year, was yeah. the fact that we were mad in terms of yeah. attacking. It was, it was pure attack, attack, attack. Yeah. And even going back to yesterday, we're on the attack from minute one. Yeah. For the first oh, 15 games of the season, we sat back. To trust yeah. the players, yeah. for, there was but, a little spell after about 20 minutes when Arsenal kind of came in for a minute and we just killed them off again and, and just kept going. But like my whole point about this, this formation as well was like, okay, you've got, you've got midfielders up top and you hear a lot of people saying, we need a striker, we need a striker. You heard it a lot in the crowd yesterday. Yes, of course we do, but at the moment, the strikers we have aren't good enough. And you play them three boys across the front and the likes of Markovic from deep, you're going to just create loads of chances. You mightn't score every chance, but the more chances, the better chances some you know, really easy ones are going to come along. And anyone else on the end of them, Lucas too, the ball's in the, in the back of the net. So these kind of things will come, like with all, with all the chances. So until storage is back, I think it's just perfect. But I, I think just on the formation thing, before we go on to the, the epic contribution of Ricky Lambert, which I'm sure is going to take uh, quite a bit of time. <laughs> to be fair, there's a couple of things which I think has, has influenced Roger's trial and error. I mean, I think we've all talked about the fluidness, but he has kind of always had, for, for, the, for certainly the first part of Sturridge's injury, he's had the the kind of they'll be hey tomorrow idea, which is that Sturridge will be back soon. So, you know, perhaps the best thing to do is not to deviate too much, not to try anything too mad. And then, of course, he got hammered for the fact that we are so poor defensively. So I think he went, right, we've got to dig in, which, you know, I said it when I was on the pod last week, I hated the win against Leicester. It was so against everything that we are as a football club. So I'm delighted that he's, you know, he's kind of stumbled into it if, if we say that. But what I would say is that it does... He's stubborn about certain things, but he is willing to try things. And I think that that is something that, you know, when people talk about a change in manager and things like that, we have to sometimes, we, we are quick sometimes to gloss over the things that are good about Rodgers and just focus on the things that are bad about Rodgers. And I think Rodgers isn't afraid to make bold decisions. There's certain bold decisions we, we all as fans wish he'd make. But, you know, on the whole, if you compare him to Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger plays the same system, the same game, every game, regardless of the score. Regardless of where, you know, if he's 3-0 down at time, he sends the same players out in the same formation. Mm. At least Rodgers does try different things. So it might be a bit late, I and mean, it probably is a bit late, for him to stumble on something which is more reminiscent of what we did last season. But I do have some sympathy with him going, he's expecting Sturridge to come back. Plus my last point on this, everyone remembers how good Balotelli and Sturridge were the first game that they played together. So I imagine that he's going, 
win. Well, if I'm going to play that two up front, there's a different way I have to play than if I'm playing Sterling, Coutinho and Lallana. Yep, fair. Phil, did you want to there? Yeah, just the, what, what, in terms of what Dave is saying, like, when you go back to it, it's not so much that he isn't trying players. It's that he's tried the players in the same formation over and over and over, eventually getting back to three at the back. Now, it's not like he suddenly stumbled on three at the back because for a large portion of the first half of last season, he played three at the back. Mm. So like when he, when he comes out in the press and he's, he's saying, you know, oh, I'm going three at the back, and you know, if I was a foreign manager, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be you know, praised for this and the whole lot. Well, he tried it last year. And it worked to a certain extent, as it did. I remember going, we went to Stoke, and Ali Sissoko scores a goal, and we were playing three at the back. We played, went to Sunderland, and we played three at the back. You know, this isn't the fourth time he's tried three at the back. In fact, he's given press conferences to blog sites in his fourth season where he said three at the back was his preferred formation. So, it, it, the main point that Andy makes is that he stumbled on it. The same way he stumbled on the diamond, the same way he stumbles back onto the tree at the back again, more through you know, being pressed into feeling that he has to play certain players and he can't rely on, on the centre forwards anymore. That says more. You know, it, it, it's going back to the idea, is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full? And I know we're going to talk about it later on in terms of, of, of the manager and the whole lot. But the frustration I think I, I have personally is that he has to stumble on something instead of proactively saying, OK, well, this hasn't worked for 14 games, so I'm going to do this now. And I'm going to do something radically different and I'm not going to set up the same. As I said, if Andy can come out and say, I want to get mobility and get movement into the front men and that's what I want to see up front, you know, surely that's crossed his mind before we've gotten to December and we're up against we're up against the wall at that stage. Yeah, I think where he stumbled on it is at the end of the game against Basel, isn't it? Yeah. And he's gone into the United game thinking, yeah. mm, you know, I'm going to have to do something here. So, so it does seem it does seem that's where he he just he does stumble across these things. But anyway, Lam, Lambert coming on. <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> really, you know. Yeah. I was seeing him warming up, and I was thinking, like he isn't he seriously isn't thinking of. Bringing them on, and I, I, once he had the shorts on and all that, I was thinking, <laughs> "Fuck, he, he actually is." But then <laughs> there is a few people like in the crowd going, "Bring it, bring Ricky on, and bring it straight." And I'm thinking, "Jesus Christ, just keep doing as we're doing. Just get another body, body forward. Yeah. Maybe take it a, a defender out, but just don't bring on Lambert." But look, in the end, it got us through. You know what I mean? It, we got we got the equaliser. Do you, do you reckon there's any direct correlation between his appearance and the pitch and the equaliser? No. I mean, that's what I'm no, asking. No, unless, really. unless psychologically, the Arsenal defence just see an extra body up top, and it just gives them an extra thing to think about, hmm. and it might give us a little bit. If of you're space, being space ge- if you're being generous, you might say the Lambert takes a marker at the corner, yeah. where Skirtle scores from. So if you're being yeah. generous, you say. They've got a mark Lambert now, so they let Skirtle free. But I mean, that, that, you're being and very that, generous. And that's being then. very generous yeah. because yeah. two Arsenal players are standing at the back post and they're both pointing at Skirtle. Yeah, and exactly. neither of them go to Skirtle. So, like, you know, it's not like that they. Yeah. Okay, well, we've, we've mentioned Skirtle there and uh, speaking about reaching and wow. dodgy connections. Uh, let's use that as a segue into talking about Martin Skirtle and his defensive contribution. Paul, would you get the, the, the ball rolling talking to us about the incredible staple headed contribution of our. Uh, <laughs> of our centre half talk to me about it. I've heard very very conflicting reports from people whose opinion I'd respect um, I know what I thought about him how do you feel about his contribution overall uh, just, it was just pure Martin Skirtle really like it's you know we looked in general play for most of the game we looked completely solid at the back it's just these these little moments these, these little decisions that he has to make are what lets him down all the time mm-hmm. and I think it's because 
because he's not kicking the ball into his own net like Torre did or passing it straight to Anichibi, I think that's why Rogers kind of glosses over or just says, oh, well, that's something that like, you know, could have gone a bit better and we'll get it right next week or something. But like for that goal, like Debussy beating him, and I've seen, people, I've seen people trying to say that Debussy had his hands on his shoulders and felled him or whatever, but Skirtle takes a step towards the ball as it's being knocked on. That's what completely kills him. And then he doesn't... He doesn't he doesn't put his whole body on the line to get himself up and make it difficult for Debussy. And, like, and so Debussy gets out. And the second goal as well. Like he, he just has no idea where, like where he is, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's, he no idea though. where he, he was. He doesn't know. It's like, because like, obviously Colo goes to engage the ball. And he probably could have done that a bit quicker. But look, we've, got, we've got three centre-backs. And Marking two players. Yeah, yeah, like Colo goes out to engage the ball, but Skirtle goes so far with him. Like, he doesn't need to do that at all. Like, we have three centre backs. Just hold your position. Like, if, if Cazorla kind of roasts Torre, then, then go and engage him. But, like, and like, people are saying Sacco should be marking Giroud when he scores. But Giroud is, he's, you know, to the, <laughs> he's further to the right of Jones's right hand post. You know what I mean? So like, and Skerl's even further over than him. Yeah. I, I just don't. I just don't get his kind of thought process on it at all. Before we get into the goal, uh, myself and Dave were talking about it beforehand. The, the the problem you have with Skerl is that, as you said, he does so many small things wrong. That the the bigger impact is on the actual game. It's not. It's not a. It's not that he does a glaring terrible error unless it's a known goal. Mm. But the fact that all those small things add up in the course of the game and ultimately give away one or two chances. And when we have as bad a goalkeeper as we have in Brad Jones in the go, inevitably one of those chances go in, in in the actual back of the net. So you put all those factors together and you're, you're left with a... You're, you're, you're basically starting the game a goal down. And as we can see from his clean sheet record, it's not good. It's, 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 mm. it's a very poor record for a centre-half that's been at the club for that length of time. And no matter who's beside, with the exception of Agar, he doesn't have a good clean sheet record. And that's, that's just where it's ending up. But again... He's pointed out as our starting centre-back at this stage with, with Rodgers. So, you know, we're going to have to live with him. So I think the three at the back, in a way, suits him because he can sit deepest of all the defenders. He sits centrally. He sits deepest, so he's not, get, he's not dragging the defence back. And um, you hope that the other two boys pick up from, from, what he, from where, where he's leaving off. Dave? Yeah, I, I, Skirtle, believe it or not, reminds me a little bit of company at City, right? Not in terms of talent, but in that he is a Ball. highlights defender. Right, which is the Martin Skirtle looks great coming across the pitch, making a slide in tackle, you know, takes a player or takes the wins the ball, goes out for touch. He's great at scoring goals, he's great at the big header, he's great at the you know, the last ditch tackle. But what if you actually watch his game, positionally he's all over the place. And considering he's the senior member of that defence, you know, he shouldn't require so much guidance through the game, and he requires a lot of guidance through the game. And he's the one that should be you know, walking Sacco through it and helping Lovren through it. And actually, he's A, very quiet as a defender. And he makes these marginal, poor poor decisions. And there's a lot of poor decisions in the two goals yesterday. And actually, the two goals, for me, are not as much Skirtle's fault as they are another player's fault, which, you know, I think we'll come on to talk about, um, come, come on to talk about the goals. But for me, on the first goal, the question is not, why doesn't Skirtle beat Debussy? That's one question as is, why doesn't Brad Jones save it? But the big question for me is, how does five foot six Matthew Flamini win an uncontested header in our 18-yard box? Yeah. I mean, for, you know, the rest of it, you can understand Murtisaka, Murtisaka winning the first header, right? Because he's seven foot. 
You can understand the bushy out jumping skirtle. He shouldn't, but you can understand that. But someone needs to explain to me how a five foot six defensive midfield player wins an uncontested header in our 18-yard box a minute before halftime. And for me, uh, Flamini is, is Jared's man on the first goal. And I think on the second goal, uh, you know, if you watch it back, I think Giroud is Gerard's man. So I think it, it's it's a bit of a... It's make a skirtle look bad, and it's easy to jump on skirtle, but I actually think there was a lot of things wrong in both those goals. My final point, I would say, we defended well yesterday. As a game, Arsenal had three chances on target, right? So to restrict the team with Welbeck, Giroud, and Sanchez up front, and the midfield that they've got to three chances, as a team, we defended really well. And I can understand why Rodgers is coming out afterwards and saying... That's not organisation. It's not organisation to say, you know, you can't let the bushy beat you in the air. That's not an organisational piece. That's an individual decision issue. Where he's been let down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Ray, talk to me a little bit about, we've sort of uh, moved into analysis of the goals, whether you like it or not. So talk to me a little bit about the performance of the keeper on those goals. <laughs> Bad Jones. <laughs> Very good. Mm. No, Headline right. Listen, I, I really, I just, I can't take to the fella at all. Um, I'm just, I have no faith, no confidence, no nothing in him. He, he makes me shit myself anytime there's anything comes near him. He, he's nothing going for That's him as a keeper. That's massively impractical, isn't it? He got fucked it? out of the League of Ireland team for being brutal and he's playing in that fucking <laughs> Liverpool football club. Lad, seriously, he's yeah. fucking terrible. Well, talk to me about the first goal. Should he should he have got that? I'd, listen, I'd, I'm, I'm at the hearing. Yeah, he should. It was a piss poor dive, but now I'm putting all the blame on Scarlett for that. I'm not having that okay. at all. Listen, okay. I'm, I'm really not having that at all. So I, he, he, yes, he could have done better, but fuck. well, okay. So but, so if you're if you're if you're letting him off the hook on that one, what about the second goal? I don't, don't think he got hit at him inside, almost inside the six-yard box. So again, lottery. he was just jumping so again, and hoping pounds. he got in his way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, does that not make your critique a bit harsh? No, well, just, just listen, because <laughs> Arsenal don't fuck on the game. They do shots and he's got yeah, both of okay. them. No. Like, but it, it, had, the, had the goal been peppered and he was pulling off saves, then my critique would be harsh. He's, he's an absolute shit goalkeeper. I've no faith in him at all. <laughs> There's Sorry. an argument as well that, you know, for the first goal, he could have came out and cleaned out both Skirtle and Debussy because mm. the ball was, it was a big kind of loopy ball. Mm. And we saw, uh, like, we saw Chesney a couple of, or Chesney. We saw him a few times kind of like, you know, when we started lumping a few balls in, I think he took two of them, like two balls in that were like, he was really, came off his line. He noticed what was going to happen. He came off his line kind of really aggressively and just nipped it in the bud straight away. But there's none of that from Jones at all. Yeah. Yeah, and don't get me started on his kicking because he's worse than Minya. Like the only that's a big shout. The only thing I'll say about Jones is that, and uh, and I'm not saying that you know he he deserves the number one jersey at this stage because he doesn't. To be honest with you, like and I, I said it three weeks ago when when Roger said that that Mignolet was being dropped. You know, there's no way Mignolet should have been dropped, D- despite how bad Mignolet has been. He's still a better goalkeeper than Brad Jones. The one thing that in Jones's favour is his distribution is a lot quicker. It's more, he has an idea of where he's putting the ball. So when the ball comes back to him, he knows where his next pass is going. And that's what makes Brad Jones, and I'd say in the mind of, of Brendan Rodgers, that's what makes Brad Jones a better bet at this stage. Because you look at the amount of times the centre-backs were able to play it back to Jones yesterday, and Jones was then able to go and find the next pass. And there wasn't, there wasn't that ever that, thing, yeah. that sort of... Uh, yeah. What's going to happen yeah. next? You know, he made some bad choices when he played passes. And to the, the, the credit of the likes of Sacco and Torre, they got him out of, of some bad passing. But at least he knew where he was going to put the ball next. With Mignolet, Mignolet doesn't know where he's going to put the ball next. The ball comes back mm-hmm. to him, he takes a touch, he looks around, and then he plays a ball. And what happens at that point is, we're going back to the idea of, of teams pressing us in the whole lot. 
That's exactly what they do. It gives them that half a second to push up that little bit further and, and it cuts the, cuts the options out. I thought there was a bit of t- uh, touch of Mingway about him. Um, he kind of lets the ball roll too far back towards his goal line before he actually thumps it forward, you know. But with, that's, um, that's top of the forward. I'm, t- I'm talking about he has an idea. When the ball no, is coming back I mean, into playing short passes, he knows where it's it going to next. The, it puts them under pressure when he takes yeah. an extra touch. Like yeah. he, could, he can do that ball first time, but he kind of takes a touch towards goal. The next thing, Giroud or whoever goes charging in on him, like and in that sense, it's just Ming and I all over. Like the, you're you're shitting yourself, but um, it's distribution. I agree with you in certain parts. Like when he gets the tr- when he gets to throw the ball out, yeah, top class. Like just like yeah. we haven't seen that since Ryan. Obviously, that, that's what I said to Trev earlier on. I said when he's thrown the ball over arm, mm. it's like somebody's invented he, a move yeah. that we haven't seen <laughs> for so long. Yeah, he threw he threw the ball uh, out play. Sixty yards. No, no, like yeah, he went out play, but it was a it was a fa- fantastic effort. Like it nearly goes out play right down about twenty yards from yeah. the corner flag, the far end of the pitch. Mm. Now, like if you're trying that a little bit throughout the game with the pace Sterling has yeah. and the pace a couple of other players have, like Mark, that's what that's what Rainey, set them off. That's what Rainey used to do so many times, and I I, I don't have back to say, oh, we should have kept Rainey and the whole lot. But what well, what Rainey was brilliant at his at his peak was being able to spot that quickly, deliver such a quick throw. That you know, it got them away. It got it, it, already you're 40, 40 yards up the pitch or fifty yards up the pitch. It's at the bottom of, of, of players' feet on the run, and he takes it on. There was there was a great one in the first half where he threw it. It must have been about fifty five yards to the left hand side. I think um, Coutinho got on and they were able to cut inside and they got a shot away in, in the end. And you're just saying to yourself, you know, for all his badness, which and there's a lot of it because he's just not good enough as a goalkeeper. And I'm, and I'm not excusing excusing the, the poorness. You can. In my mind, I could understand the thought process that's behind it. I don't agree with it, right? Because going back to Dave's point earlier on, I still think he saves the. Four, I think Mignolet saves the four shot. The, the, yeah. the four shot's ridiculous. The, he's too scared to dive into the post. That no. that did my head in. That's he doesn't even look. Curve. He doesn't even look like a goalkeeper. No, he reminded me of like if you know, if you have a little goal. go and go. Enrique, <laughs> have a little go. <laughs> if you have a little go and go, <laughs> that's what you do. You come yeah. across the goal like flapping your arms and hoping that the ball actually <laughs> just hits you. He's no. He's now read of the situation no. or anything like that. And it actually can be a little bit easy on Skirtle with that because the player behind that can see everything has huge advantage. Like, for all Skirtle knows, look, Skirtle should win it, should make a better effort with the header. But you can be kind of, you know, you can be kind on him. Brad Jones can see it all happening. My, 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 he my can bigger, see that Debussy has a great chance of getting up over Skirtle and he can come out and clean house. My bigger issue with the, with the goals where, and Dave touched on it, with the second one, it, it's... A good defensive midfielder prevents that chance from happening because when they break, you know, it's it's a stupid 85-yard hopeless pass to, to nobody that mm. comes from the captain at that point, right? They break down. It's taken him 15 seconds to get across the pitch. And he still gets across the pitch but isn't in, in an effective area when it comes to breaking up an attack. And as the ball gets pulled back, he's still just wandering around. He, has, he hasn't taken any responsibility on in terms of defensively what he's going to do. And it's just, you know, as bad as Skirtle is, when you look back at the actual goal, you end up questioning yourself, like, okay, what exactly? You know, Skirtle shouldn't be passing Giroud onto Sacco because Sacco has Welbeck outside him on the left-hand side. So now, now, now what, what Skirtle has done is he's left Sacco with two players. So which one is he going to mark? If he goes to Giroud, you know, they, all all Cazorla has to do is pull the ball back to, to Welbeck. If, somebody if, has to. Giroud no, no, has no, nothing to do. No, but I'm, I'm, yeah. listen, listen so to me, right? In, in that instance, if it was me, I go to, I, I, I just take the nearest man and I go to it, right? But it shouldn't happen. Hmm. Skirtle shouldn't be passing him on at that point. He should be chasing yeah. him. And if he does pass him on to go block down the cross, then your midfielder 
should be coming in and taking the player that's inside him. Instead, Gerard is hovering around the edge of the 18 er backs. Again, not aware. It, it's not Gerard's fault. He's just not a tactically aware footballer, right? But he shouldn't be in the centre midfield in that type of midfield because you need two tactically aware midfielders in that, in that position. And that's why I know that the next bit we're talking about in terms of Henderson and, and, and Lucas, right? Lucas has been tactically aware and has looked well in that formation because he is tactically aware. Henderson has been left outside on the right-hand side and, and we're marginalised a, a player who could actually be in the midfield with Lucas or with Alan or with Sean. Can I just say, what's worth mentioning while we're talking about that first goal, Flamini shouldn't need me on the pitch at that stage. No, the referee and the linesman has had a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. The linesman's standing right in front of that happening and you can see he's consulting the linesman for a couple of, you know, about 20 seconds talking about the, the incident. All the lines had to do was you say. Could, you can argue Mertesacker was lucky to be on the pitch because when he lifted Coutinho, Coutinho was, was true. Even give a booking. I know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's only because it happens 90 seconds into the game. If that's 61 minutes, it's a different decision altogether. I agree. You know, I agree Flamini shouldn't have been on the pitch, but he was. And Jared should still be picking him up. Like, you know? I mean, I thought Jared, I mean, I, you know, I thought he was terrible. I thought he was terrible against United. And. Maybe I'm overly critical of him because I thought he was so poor against United that now I'm looking for it. But. The, the thing that I keep coming back to is people keep talking about Gerard being 34 and what I feel like is we're getting all the bad side of Gerard being 34 which is you know his legs his lack of mobility can't do it in the final third anymore tactical indiscipline why aren't we getting any of the good bits of him being 34 which is that he sees the play developing around him and he's able to direct and instruct the, the defence behind him and the attack in front of him to make better decisions. Have if we this, not seen that in little cameos when he's been using perhaps what people are considering the correct way as in towards the end of games which are going impact, away from impact us? Sub. Impact sub, basically. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't think he's strong tactically, you know, mm-hmm. generally. I think he's a very introspective player, which is that Gerrard thinks a lot during the game about what he's doing. Well, then and, the age thing is relevant, isn't it, though? But... What you find sometimes with players is as they get older, they develop a better understanding of the game and they're able to, you know, Carragher is a good example of someone who as his legs went and as he became poorer as a defender, he was at least able to walk, he's always been able to walk fullbacks through the game and, you know, play a particular way or whatever. Just feel like we're missing that from Gerrard right now and, and that would be my biggest criticism of him as opposed to any physical or athletic uh, downside. I just feel like he should be spotting the second goal and making better decisions and helping the younger players around him more. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's thinking a bit more about the players around him in his own game because I notice him telling, telling people to do what, you know, what to do when he's in the wrong positions himself. Yeah, and he's switching off, like, you know, waving over other players to get back here, get back there. In actual fact, he's not, he's not doing the job himself. Yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing it. I think we should be seeing more from him. I don't think he should be playing by hell never. Ray, uh, one of one of the consequences of Gerrard being uh, an automatic choice there in that part of the pitch is that Henderson has been shunted over to the right-hand side in that right-wing-back role. And I think there are a lot of us who feel that his impact is massively lessened. Would you be one of those? or do, do you yeah, feel Absolutely, like, absolutely, yeah. totally. Square pegs, round holes, definitely. Um, but he's, he's sort of that good of a, a player, a, a Paul Warhorse type, if I can go back a few years there. Why not? He's, yeah, but he, he, can, he can do that. You mean scary Paul Warhorse? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Warhorse, I think you mixed him <laughs> up with that. Um, yeah, he's look, he, I, I think he'd do a role for you anyway, in, in goal even. Anderson, he's, but, he's, but it's twofold, isn't it? Not only are you losing his impact in the middle, but you're, uh, he's, he's, as you say, he's out, out of... 
out of sorts. But this is going to happen, I think, Travis, as we're finding our feet and we're, we're, we're grasping to just get results and get a bit of momentum going. That you set the change of formation. If you want to look at that, he's being pushed out of position. You have two fullbacks that we bought in the summer that are totally out of position because they're sitting on the fucking bench. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So this is part and parcel of it. He's, he's playing three at the back now and, and other people are going to get shifted, shunted until we eventually get some type of runner form going. At the minute, as much as I... It wouldn't be my particular formation, but it's it's working, so you can't knock it. It's 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 definitely progressing on where we were, you yeah. know, Paul. Yeah, I think obviously the front three—that's the big kind of key that that it's it's been the front three and the way Markovic supports them that has been so good recently. But I think there is there's still a few really kind of, real kind of flaws with the formation and pers- personnel. I think first of all is that. Do we need to go three at the back to kind of unlock those? You know, the front four mm-hmm. of, well, I say front four, I'd include Markovic in it, of Sterling, Coutinho, Lilana, and Markovic. Do we need to play three at the back because one of them is going to be Skirtle or Lovren? So that, like, that's a big problem for me. The second problem is that he still sees Gerrard as, you know, every game, 90 minutes, like uh, doesn't change him, doesn't, didn't switch around the midfield at all, even though I felt Gerrard struggled all game. And the third one is what we just talked about, Henderson. It's still, he is just kind of lumped over at right wing back. And if you're playing wing backs, like it's a big kind of, it's a big kind of portion of your general play. And I think, I, I think it is sort of just Henderson is lumped out there. Like he, he doesn't look comfortable at all in it. We'll fin- finish us off on this, this, this look back on the match with a little bit of a comment on your hairstyle hero, Mam- Mamadou Sacco. Um, how do you feel he coped in uh, as a member of that back three? And yeah, would you, would, do you want to see him going forward as 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 a key member there? Yeah, definitely. I play him every game. Like yeah. I, I think he's brilliant. And um, like like we we have kind of analysed that second goal, and maybe he could have just saw saw like he could have seen Giroud and just gone through him as mm-hmm. the ball was coming towards him. Maybe I still think there's there was like a lot that went wrong before you start looking at Sacco. But I think he had a really good game. He looked really solid uh, positionally. He's like twenty times ahead of Lovren, like you, we see, we've seen that ball down the channel so many times. Put Lovren in trouble when he's playing left centre back, even when he's on the side of the of, of a tree instead of a two. I just thought Sacco, like in general, play was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well let's sort of have a look forward, I suppose, at this stage, at the games we have coming up. Um, how do we feel? <laughs> Look, every time we do this recently, <laughs> it's it's really it's it's. it's kind of stressful at this stage every time we look forward we're picturing what we'd like and we've come away without what we'd like um phil as a bundle of games uh, a bundle you, of games yeah how, how, how are you feeling about this bundle of games phil oh say the next three anyway well look i'm i'm, I'm just looking ahead to christmas eve at this stage and hoping we make it there but <laughs> yeah it's um Look, the, the, the next three games are so important. Uh, I think the next five games are so important. It's not just even three games. Mm-hmm. Forgetting the, the FA Cup match, we need to get 15 points on the board. We need to put five wins on the spin if we have any any desire to make top four this season. Um, with Burnley, you know, it goes, we just need to win the game. Start to what we've been saying for a while. Just win the game. We're, we're coming off, we're coming off the back of a, a loss to United, a draw with Arsenal at home. It's time we just we just beat Burnley. Then let's beat Leicester. Let's beat Swansea. Let's beat whoever you know, whoever's in front of us. If you look at the run of games, with the exception of Swansea away, which which possibly looks the most difficult of the fixtures, we have to be looking at those games, saying we can win what's ahead of us at this stage. The probably the next most difficult game is West Ham, which is the end of January. Yeah. In real terms, so taking a bundle of games, you could take every fucking game from January and just go, let's win them all. 
Because we have, if we want any hope of making top four, which, you know, looking at what we're saying coming off the back of two tough games, that's what we want. So I don't care who we put out there as long as they win in, in result terms. Of course I care who they put out there, but I, I, I generally just have to win the matches. We yeah. just have to win the matches now at this stage. Uh, how, how, how doable, how winnable, uh, Dave Thomas, is that bundle of fixtures? Well, you'd have to say, based on our form so far this season, they're not. Because mm. we we haven't won more than two games in a row at all since April. Well, talk so. to me about the recent in, uh, apparent upturn. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm confident, but I'm always confident. But, I mean, Phil and I were talking in, uh, in the pub <laughs> earlier, and you could argue that, that Bournemouth and Arsenal are kind of ideal teams for us to play a little bit. Yeah. They like to pass, you know, worry, so... I mean, you know, we go now and play Burnley, who who ironically should be more our cup of tea because they like to play the ball, you know, pretty nicely as well. Uh, but then you start going into maybe some of the teams where they're going to get at us a little bit and press us a little bit and put us under a bit more pressure. And then we're really going to see whether Markovic, a left wing back, is a good idea. Then we're really going to see whether, you know, Gerard and Lucas can can cope with a more physical presence. But I said it on the pod last week, every single game that we play for the next 10 games because of the season so far is a must-win game. And you're looking at these six games and you're saying, I mean, you know, I think if we won five of them, the table would look a lot different. Yeah. I think if we won five games out of the next six and say you got a draw in the other one, I think we'd be in fifth or sixth and we'd actually feel, obviously we'd feel pretty good about where we were. Surridge would be back. Uh, hopefully we've done some business in January. You know, that's what we've got to be looking at. Starting with Burnley, like they're bottom or second bottom whatever they are third bottom in the table like we've got to beat them they, you know there's no excuse we've got to beat them simple as that mm. oh, Ray how how this we keep chatting about fourth place and Champions League and potential what, real, where's your realism levels telling you that uh, that, 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 that the likelihood of that is given on the, this season so far and, and what you've seen of late um, the last few games have, have given me renewed optimism. Up, okay. you asked me that last week or a bit before. Let's say with Bournemouth, you know, it's 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 literally the last three games. I've had a, a small bit of optimism up until then, being totally pessimistic because I could see no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we were blaming individual players, and it, it was just a, a stodginess and a horrible, insipid play, and it, everything. The, the crowd, everyone knew. It, you know, everyone knew how bad we were. Yeah. You know, and and there's renewed optimism there because we, we dominated Arsenal and we're the better team against United I thought you know and once again we got ripped asunder for uh, not taking chances and stuff so I, I, if we was to bet on it I don't know I'm slightly hopeful maybe that we could just hang on to coattails and maybe when storage is back we could how nip on in there how hopeful on a level of one to hopeful how hopeful Bob <laughs> Bob Hope that's <laughs> 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 Paul, what, what about you on that exact question? Um, Champions League football, are you looking forward to it? Is it, is it a reality for us next year? Talk to me a bit. Well, we, we do have this. This is kind of a defining like batch of games. A, a, bund- a batch. Bundle. A bundle. Are we going with batch or bundle? We go bundle. Batches for drinks and chips afterwards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, so uh, I think it is a, it's a defi- defining period of games. We, we yeah. go like Brendan. Mm, period nice, of games. Nice, yeah. Outstanding. <laughs> let's, let's go with it. Uh, right, well, yeah. uh, obviously, it's a, like it is 
a, a group of games that we would like trying. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we try that again? Can we take this, can we take this run of games on its merits, Obviously, we want, we want to get something at least close to <laughs> at least close to maximum points out of them. I don't. Out of what though? The bundle of games. <laughs> 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 we, have, we have to get something close to max I don't think we're going to get maximum points ever. I can't see it just the way we've played yeah. this season no, ask, there, there's just, just so many errors in us at the moment but if we can get something somewhere close to maximum then we can kind of as Ray said like hang on to the coattails and maybe keep ourselves in the conversation but it is it's defining if we don't take a lot of points out of this then like we are completely out of it Andy Hang on to the coattails. Keep ourselves in the conversation. <laughs> Is Paul Brennan turning yeah, into no. Brennan Rogers? You asked me a question about Paul Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is, is he slowly morphing into Brandon Rogers? Look at all those cliches. It's a, it's, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing to watch. Because he's gradually turning into a shark. <laughs> <laughs> As we know, he's an important part of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery. He <laughs> <laughs> killed my dog. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> Champions, so, League, is Champions gonna League. Yeah, it's happening again. It's happening um, again. Class, it is class. Good to know. Uh, good to know. Up to a while ago, obviously, uh, <laughs> it didn't look like any fucking hope. But now, all of a sudden, we're starting to look like Liverpool again. And mm. I, I wouldn't rule it out. There's an opportunity still there. Like, there's a lot of fucking shit teams in this league. So it's all about who starts putting some games together. And like under Rogers, we'd we'd have better. Back end of the seasons, anyway. So then the next three games, I look every every period group fucking parcel. Whatever bundle, you want to call it. <laughs> parcel, parcel, yeah, parcel's good. Like Santa, Santa. They're always they're always going to be important. And Christmas, like with all the games, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But they're three very very winnable games. Burnley away, they're bottom bottom high, uh, bottom three. Uh, Swansea home and then Leicester home. Mm. Oh, I don't know why I'm worried about the Leicester one on New Year's Day, Martin. The other one, like you know, Swansea, are a decent team, but uh, I think that's that's nine points, very very possible. Andy, were you actually a lead singer in an eighties band? Because <laughs> that is one show, going back to the showman days. He's got he's got a mini Freddie Mercury mic there. Yeah. Uh, Phil, uh, Andy, there came up with it, uh, and Paul came up with some lovely uh, collective nouns. Um, for 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 groups of games, have you got one yourself? Chief? No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, a fishing net of games. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a selection box. Selection course. box. Yeah. Uh, in the selection box, Burnley's up first. Give us your prediction. Um, I reckon we will win three two. By the way, have you noticed the way I went to you first for the predictions? I know. Yeah, we it's are fucking shut up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I reckon we win three two. Three two to Liverpool. Ray, your prediction. Yeah, we win 2 0. 2 0, Ray said. Cause <laughs> Lunatic. Brad Jones is playing a goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Skirtle is playing as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave Thomas, prediction, Burnley. Uh, 3 1. 3 1, Liverpool? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have to go negative. Do you remember? This is how it works now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're in opposite land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul. 3 2 to Liverpool. 3 2 Liverpool. Andy. 5 1 to Liverpool. 5 1. <laughs> 
beautiful delivery. <laughs> Grab the with authority. Can you come up with an argument against five one? <laughs> yeah, five two. <laughs> okay, we're done. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> right, we're going to have a little chat about um, Santa and. <laughs> just, just in case the listeners didn't get that because you were off mic um, yeah so we're going to ask you about Sa- Santa wishes and if you could have one Liverpool related Santa wish what would it be um, so we'll go around the table and we'll see what people are going to suggest Andy Young what's your Santa wish I want a, an injury machine Go on. <laughs> Go on. So you can bring back storage or, you know, whoever's out, you can bring them back. Oh, so it can fix them as well as cost yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. And it can, like pull, a green and a red and it can pull players out and I mean, you can choose how long. So you give Johnson a career oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> and not like, not like a special button combination could be finish him. It's, it's a career ending yeah. injury. You get to choose the injury and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Johnson, it has to be a painful one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, it also, yeah, it gets players back. So, you know, we sit around here every week and we discuss players like you want to come in and they just never seem to come in. So, mm. you, you know, you, you, injure some, you injure as many players as possible until, you know, Chan comes in. <laughs> you know, oh, so it is a fan control thing. Yeah, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, well, no, controlled by me, not just. Oh, just no, 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 Sandy. Just, it's my wish. Fuck off, get your own wish. So, I, you know, I'll probably give uh, I'll probably give Gerard a little niggly one for a couple Would of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get Chan in there, Lucas. A couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> You know I mean? Then you don't have to worry about players getting, getting uh, you know, playing too many games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if they get, if they pick up a knock, you just fix them. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a worry. Go on, Paul Brandon. Your uh, your Santa wish. What would it be? Yeah, just um, what's got a? I just wanted uh, Emre Chan to play a bit. I didn't want to, I didn't want to kill anyone doing it. Like, oh, no, just two wishes we cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was it. It was nothing as elaborate as Andy. Just like fucking play him like he's like he's an absolute animal. Yeah, that's that was just. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't come up with any fucking Dr. Robotnik schemes or anything. <laughs> yeah, just, just play Emery Chan, basically. Play That's my wish. Okay, lovely. Dave Thomas, what's your Santa wish? Yeah, well, mine seems a bit boring now after Andy's, uh, Andy's injury machine. Um, just a striker. Just like a good striker. Just any striker who's oh, yeah. better than the steaming pile of shit that passes for <laughs> uh, for what we have you know you can feel the Christmas spirit <laughs> it's fucking deadly like, I'm absolutely buzzing off it, yeah. seriously if 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 I have to watch Barini come on again I think I'm going to shoot myself like you know yeah Go yeah uh, Ray your Santa wish yeah well the rest of them have sort of looked into the future and what they hope for so I yeah. went back to the past and wanted a time machine just to go back lads I'm really struggling with the slip <laughs> I'm really struggling with the slip help me every time I'm seeing it now every time Sacco gets the ball just on that left flank and Gerrard's just inside him I can see it again and I'm just saying Eight that months. madness crazy bastard football that Eight Suarez months. the best player in the world that, that was early that yeah. was meant to be us <laughs> can't Sounds. get over it <laughs> fuck's sake lads so 
that's what I'd love more than anything, just to go back and just, just stop the slip. Chelsea were never scoring that day. Yeah. They were never, ever, ever, ever scoring that day. Only for that, only for that fucking slip. That's and of brilliant. all people, Jared. No, it's just it's that's all brilliant. wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. <laughs> what would you use to stop the slip? Would it be an no, injury the, machine? Yeah, just <laughs> so I have to get an invisibility cloak, and I have to slip onto the pitch and stop him slipping. I don't know. Just give him the billy before the match. Save you just watch out for you. Get the studs into the ground if you're taking a little Andy tree. Andy's injury machine. He's the only one with headphones of all of us, oh, and he picks that up. I'm very, I'm really liking this one. This is from um, at Coolatron, and he says this is an abridged version. You work at a bakery. There's an explosion in the nuclear oven because there's a nuclear oven in the bakery. <clears throat> Your DNA is fused with the bread in the oven. What bread would you want to be fused with? And what would be your nuclear super bread power as a result? <laughs> I, I, may be, I may be paraphrasing uh, at Coolatron there. Apologies if I am. Andy, you got any sheds for this? <laughs> so like in short, what bread do you want to be? Well, yeah, but you, you've got, you're a super and, bread. And what's your super you're a super bread, Andy. Like, you know, work with me here. <laughs> you, you could be focaccia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just a mad question. What bread? Yeah, uh, um, toasted bread. <laughs> <laughs> and the power of crumbs yeah. on the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most annoying thing ever. When the super criminal like, goes home and he's just full of crumbs on his sheets. Can't deal with it. Tops himself. <laughs> if want to be a bachelor, surely that's the that's the, the daddy. Uh, what's your super? What's your superpower though? Yeah, I don't know. Your superpower has to be something to do with the heel or something, isn't that your protective shield? Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a heel on a bachelor? There's so, no messing with I, that I, bad boy. So it's about it's two the, inches the thick. Opposite, so the opposite of an Achilles heel. This is fucking yes, brilliant. You've got a bat heel. A bat yes. heel. Yes. You're going somewhere now, with this, lad. Now, there we are. Polar ox. You wouldn't be able to move very, polar ox very quick <laughs> if you're a bachelor because it's very heavy, doesn't it? Weigh like about a brick. What are you trying to say? Actually, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happened. That, that's what's actually happened, Scarlett. He was asked that question. He wanted to be a bachelor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. What, where, where are you going with this? Actually, Dave, no, you want to know. Scarlett is just a bachelor at the back of oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just a bachelor. <laughs> like, he's just, he, actually, if you put a bachelor and fucking go, you <laughs> <laughs> will probably do a better job. Batch Jones. Paul, if you could have anyone, any uh, uh, footballer, past or present, as a tennis partner in doubles, who would it be? I know you love a game of tennis, so. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool fan. Liverpool. Yeah, let's go, Liverpool. Let's just Liverpool player. player. Yeah. I know. Uh, come on, you must know. This is obvious. Why not? Yeah. It's Markovic. He's a tennis player. No, come on. See, he looks like a tennis player. Yeah, it has well, to be Jan no. Malby or Neil Ruddock. Yeah, just pick a big unit that the person on the other side of the, the court has a serious fucking disadvantage. The only way past that them fuckers is a lob. And, and that's all you have to clean up at the back. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't hitting the cross shot by Ruddock or Jan Malby. So if they can big, volley. wide no, yeah, ass yeah. bastards. That's what you want. We go for Balotelli or Lambert either. Why is that? Because he wouldn't hit the net very often. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
I really feel like you should go home now. <laughs> Aquilani. A- Aquilani. Yeah. The but original Markovic. You think he looks like a hairstyle? He, does yeah, like he is hairstyle. a proper tennis player. Yeah. I'd go Paddy Berger in it with his headband. <gasps> Paddy Berger. Flowing locks. And he's Eastern European as well. So like the likes of Ivan Izovic and the whole lot, they, are, they always have the good tennis players. Oh, I was only on about his hair. Relax, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is a science question apparently this is from uh, Sean on Twitter I, I'm going to leave you up to see what you say if a jogger is running at the speed of sound can he still hear his iPod not if he has no earphones in <laughs> that's really not really what Sean's <laughs> driving at I don't think yeah. any, any, anyone got any tips the, the speed of sound has nothing to do with sound mm-hmm. like sound so you're basically it's just p- a measurement you're you pissing a, on Sean's scientific chips here well, no, it's like saying if you're travelling at the speed of light, can you not can see he, light? Yeah, like, if you're inside, you'll see light. Well, I yeah. yeah, but his his iPod is travelling at the speed of sound with him if he's carrying it. So that's yeah. a fair yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. If you're on the concourse, <laughs> listen to your fucking. No, <laughs> you had to wait till he went back to here. Just <laughs> 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 uh, la- uh, last question is from Jason Roberts, and he wonders uh, Christmas cards. A pointless waste of time? Question mark. Absolutely. Why? Is it, not lovely to, is it not lovely to send your Christmas greeting? Ha, what, have you ever sent a Christmas card? No. <laughs> You've never sent a Christmas card uh, to like your wife, your daughter? You've never sent a Christmas card? Why, you don't send a Christmas card to your wife or your daughter. All right, you pedantic fuck. <laughs> 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 if you're in the Antarctic, you do. Yeah, so yeah, you've yeah. never given... What's the difference between sending it and giving it then, it, Trev? It's post. <laughs> so it's, it's the, I post. It's the 26 cent that you have to spend at a stamp that's the real objection for you rather oh, than the moral argument, is it? No, no, no. They, it's 70 cents. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas cards. What's the point? Christmas cards. It's just embarrassing when someone gives you a Christmas card and you haven't sent them one. <laughs> That is a shit feeling. It's always happening. It's always yeah. happening. Yeah. It's always happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like any, to send any, out any the, the Christmas card it's greetings the, it's that the we same, like. It's the same as bear the cards. What's the point? Like, oh, do you, put, people believing... put them up in fucking mantelpieces for like a day, take them down, throw them in the bin. Oh, do you gone. not believe in bear the cards of any sort? Cards bin. Really? Yeah, what's ah, the there's point? A little bit, there's a little bit of someone's had to take a, a couple of minutes to go out of their way and get you a card. There's a little go. bit of extra talk. Send me a fucking text. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, no. yeah, you're absolutely Listen. miles off. Andy's got a spot on. The only people who send Christmas cards, it's a vicious cycle. People feel bad about not sending them and then people get them and feel bad and it just keeps going on like that. Nobody actually gives a f- All right, we're closing some admin. Um, we want to give a massive Merry Christmas to all of you who've listened, interacted, enjoyed, hated, slated, laughed and cried and abused all of us over the year. We hope you keep on trucking with us into the new year as Liverpool will undoubtedly take off and we should have lots of happiness to come. It's been an honour and a pleasure. Um, so hope you continue to enjoy it. Secondly, happy Christmas to all of the guests and LFC podcasters who've uh, taken part over the year. Um, we look forward to more work together in the near future. And for the last time before Christmas, your day trippers tonight were Ray Brady, Paul Brennan, Andy Young, Dave Thomas, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Denny. Uh, We're all off to have a little drink, and uh, we shall see you in the new year. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the 12th day, my true love gave to me. 
twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti. Eleven pipers piping, ten lords sort of reminds me of remember championship manager you could go into the like the editor and you could do whatever you want to like for you know when you're starting a new game you yeah. could have like you could have all the money or whatever but I used to just put Gary Neville on a two year course of chemotherapy <laughs> <laughs> Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Because there's only one you, Views Alto is the vape as unique as you are. With Views by You, you can make your unique mix with any of seven colors, three flavors, three nicotine levels, and infinite wrap designs. So how will you do you? Make Views Alto a vape that is yours in store now. Discover more at Views.com. Views, charge beyond. Vapor products, underage sale prohibited. Website and offers restricted to age 21 and over tobacco consumers. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Sports Social Podcast Network.